IASP with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to the Robots Podcast. Today it's time for our third and final episode of interviews from the 2016 International Association of Science Parks and Areas of Innovation Conference, held last year in Russia. Previous episodes featured interviews on underwater robots and the robotics development platform Trick. And today we'll be hearing about prosthetics, rehab and robotic sensors. So let's get started with our first interview, in which Vadim Kotenev of Rehabot and Motorica talks about prosthetic hands and rehabilitative devices. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi. Would you introduce yourself? My name is Vadim Kotenev. Uh, I'm from uh, Rehabot Startup and Motorica company. Could you tell us a bit about your project, what we have uh, here? Yep. Yeah. We design and produce uh, prothesis for kids with amputee upper limb prosthesis, which works by moving forearm or vest. Burst. Uh, each prosthesis can upgrade uh, ha- can has a has upgrade model uh, like uh, like constru- first. What do they look like? And uh, tell me a bit about the fabrication of them. Uh, it's so they're 3D printed. Yeah, prote- uh, our prosthesis is made by 3D printed in SLS technology. So they're 3D printed hands and they're very colorful. Yep, with with funny upgrade model. So how how does the user wear it? Uh, kids with amputee uh, upper limb amputee. Uh, so it's it's for a kid who has no hand, but they still have their elbow. And they stick in the residual limb yep. into this. And so when they contract their elbow, there are strings that pull the fingers to shut. Uh, for all, So it has four fingers and the thumb. And I notice that the strings are not elastic or anything. They're, uh, they, don't, they don't have any flex. No, no not flex. Is there, is there a reason why... There's no elastic nib. Sometimes it's a bit nice to make it soft so you can pick up objects. Like one finger won't close all the way. Uh, mm. Say you're picking up an oddly shaped object like an egg or a glass. We can uh, adjust uh, each each fingers. Yes, but not on a not easily. Not easily. Okay, oh. I'm just curious about why you would choose uh, strings that don't stretch. Uh, how to say it's because this pro- this kind of prosthesis is very uh, li- lightweight lightweight mm-hmm. because uh, if we talk about bionic prosthesis it's more uh, more weight yes well as you can see children can grab with this prosthesis yep. and can they do some other I don't know, motions with this prosthesis no this prosthesis doesn't have any any movements. Yeah, I do see that they can rotate the wrist, uh, but they have to do that with their other hand and then they yeah, other hand around the wrist. 
there is something you can untighten which allows the wrist to move freely and then you tighten it again to lock the wrist in place and then you can con contract the fingers. Now, so this is a simple prosthesis. Uh, how much does one of these ones for a child with no hand cost for cost. the family? Cost? cost. It's about uh, 30,000 rubles. But for this prosthesis, we very safe declaration, and family can uh, can get this prosthesis for free by compensation from government. And how do you size the prosthesis to the child? Uh, it's customized prosthesis for child, and uh, every every um, patients uh, come to our office. We make some measurements. Uh, Measurements, yeah, and adjust prosthesis all only uh, customized prosthesis for kids. Mm -hmm. By the way, why children? Um, because it's uh, it's. Uh, Maybe do you have any background of this project? Mm, how, uh, we 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 saw, we saw a, a market on Russia mm -hmm. for children because before us. Uh, no one, no company which makes like prosthesis for kids like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other projects? Yeah. In the laboratory. Okay, could you tell us a bit? Yeah, well, we also create bionic hand, uh, which works by reading muscles potential from the, from the hand, and uh, and. Uh, so, what is actuating when it reads the muscles potentials? Um, EMG so, sensors, which uh, yeah. se So you're re you're registering the surface potential on the skin that comes when you flex the muscle, yep. and then that signal is being related somehow to servo motors yep. to make them servo motors and make uh, movements. Yep, and then so that makes the fingers contract. Yeah, it's our first prototype, and uh, in October 2016 2016, we are going to Zurich to World Kibatlon. Yes. Yeah, and we'll present this uh, this hand mm -hmm. there. Do you know anything about similar projects, and what is the difference between your? Yeah, we and we, we know about uh, some German company which Otto Bock. We know Touch Bionics and and uh, some Russian company. Uh, we want <coughs> our. Mm. Open Bionics in the UK Open. Uh, create something similar. Yes. They 3D print hands. Yes. Although I believe they don't use as many actuators as you use. They have one in this hand we're looking at. They have, uh, is it three for the four fingers? And then, is it, am I correct? And then there's one for the thumb? Three actuators? Yes, yeah, three, three, act three uh, actuators and one for... So three servo motors and then one for the, one servo motor for the thumb. Is it cheaper than others? Yeah, it's cheaper. It's about uh, thousand and a half rubles. Okay. Now, what what is the heaviest thing that you can grab with this? Uh, do the fingers do any sort of locking once they've shut fully to reduce the amount? Like, do I still need to consume electrical energy to maintain the contraction? So if I pick up something heavy, say grocery bags? With this prosthesis, uh, you can pick a pen, uh, glass, egg. Uh, in future version, we want, we, we, are, um, we want to 
implement some sensors in fingers, which uh, so force sensors in yeah. the fingers. Yeah. And how will you communicate that information back to the user? Uh, we implement some also some sensors in Gilza. The forum. For forum, yeah. Hmm. What kind of wait? So sensors? Uh, look, uh, this prosthesis like push this one and and sensors will be yes yeah. but how will the user know uh, or what will you do with the force sensors then does the user get any feedback yes any feedback by like vibration you know more vibration yeah more vibration uh, when more pressure yes I see how so what's the heaviest thing that you can pick up with these hands it's about because the motors are Maybe the width of your fingers, so they're quite small. Yeah, it's about uh, 300 grams. 300 grams. But you know, it's. Zavisit. Uh, mm, depends. Depends on uh, amputee hands. Yes. With com- uh, which means to compensate uh, weight of uh, amputee. So now, does the thumb have two actuators, actually? So one rotates and one contracts? Yep. I see. Okay, now will you tell us about the hand for stroke rehabilitation? Yeah. We also create robotic glove to rehabilitate hand function after stroke and brain injury, which works by um, linear actuators, which push fingers and uh, move, uh, move them and flex them. Okay, so when... So, to be clear, a stroke is when someone would have partial paralysis. Yep. Okay. By something blocking their, some part of their brain and then it yep, yep, yep. loses oxygen and dies. And, or not dies, but can become damaged. And so, how does this help? Uh, five linear actuators, which... Or, uh, but so, what, what are the results of this for the stroke patient? How does exercising movement... It's like me- mechano- mechanotherapy. Yeah, and people should... Uh, should have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of is the motion beneficial for them? Yep. Because they're simply moving and that decreases maybe yeah, tendon yes. blocking up and this kind of thing. By the way, have you tested this? No, it's only first prototype, but we have agreements with clinic who are in, who is interested in this product. Have you tested the other products that we've discussed? Yeah, our our active pulling 3D printed prosthesis are already say, uh, on the we are already on the Russian market with our active pulling prosthesis and uh, had about uh, 30 sales. This real users of our prosthesis. He's pointing to brochures with pictures of kids using these prostheses. Now, what are your future plans? Uh, we want to finish bionic hand and our product with to rehabilitate hand function and go to European market. Do you have maybe any other colleagues in this project? Yeah, of course we have uh, a big team. Uh, it's about ten people, uh, which works but to make it happen. Okay, thank you for the interview.
interesting stuff. Now let's move on to Vagan Marty Rosyan, CEO of TriFit, a company that developed robotic sensors to help people find shoes that fit them well. Hi, welcome to Robots Podcast. Hi, thank you. Would you introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Vagan. And I'm a founder and CEO of TriFit Technologies Limited. TriFit Technologies Limited is actually a high-tech company for fashion. We revolutionized the way people shop shoes online and in-store. The way technology works is pretty simple. You stand on a scanner and we'll scan your fit. And then we'll identify the best fit footwear for you. For identifying the best fit footwear, we need 3D clone of your fit and 3D clone of the shoe last. So actually, this is the input information? Yes, for the algorithm, yes. for the patent pending technology, which we call FitRate. Mm-hmm. FitRate algorithm identifies the best fit footwear or using several parameters, up to 12 measurements of your fit and of the shoe last. Okay, can you tell us a bit about this algorithm? Do you train the model? How it works? Uh, well, uh, the algorithm uh, is pretty smart, and uh, this is where the know-how is. I cannot tell you much about the algorithm because it's right it's a now secret. it's oh, a patent-pending process at the moment. But I can tell you that the algorithm takes into consideration up to 12 measurements of your of your foot and of of the shoe last. So it compares the length of of, of the feet, the, um, the width of your foot and and the shoe last and other measurements, up to 12 measurements. Mm -hmm. Is this system reliable? I mean, all the customers are feel good in this? Well, right now, right now, well, the customers feel feel pretty happy because we identify the best size for them, the, the best model for them. And it's a bit early to say either it is accurate or not, the, the time will show, but at the moment we have about 90% of, of a correct detection of, of, um, of the algorithm. So up about 90% plus of the customers who are trying on the shoe, who are actually scanning their fit and then trying on the shoe, feel themselves pretty comfortable in those shoes that, that we advise. So obviously there are Sometimes there are um, just unique, unique fit and um, unique situations with damaged fit and that kind of stuff. But normally we identify pretty, pretty accurately. Is it used somewhere in Moscow? Well, right now we are starting a pil- two pilots with Adidas and with Econica. Adidas, you know, this is a big sportswear brand. Econica is one of the biggest, probably the biggest Russian fashion shoe retailer and brand. So we are starting two pilots together at the same time with these two brands. Other two brands uh, that we're speaking with are pretty big as well, but I wouldn't like to tell you the name at the moment. So maybe, maybe in two weeks I will. Yeah, by the way, we can see here this platform to scan... And could you tell us a bit? Well, we we use several sensors. One of these sensors, are actually one type of these sensors that we use, is called structured sensor. 
we use Intel structured sensors, which are called real sense. And we use some other sensors which are inside of the scanner and which are intended for scanning the plantar surface of your foot. Generally, it's expensive. Well, we're not selling it. Uh, the self-cost is not that expensive. It's pretty reasonable. But the business model is not selling the scanner. Ah, I understand. I mean, generally, this system, is it easily, is it, is it easy to construct it? No, it's... Um, is it's, it an advantage of this system? I mean, maybe it was your goal to design this cheap system. Well, yes, obviously, we are looking to, to manufacture them for a low price. Uh, but it's not easy, obviously, to manufacture this kind of scanner. Our competitors sell this kind of op- much simpler scanner for about five, $5,500 plus a license fee, which is about two, $3,000 a year. We don't charge for the scanner at all. We don't sell the scanner. We give, your, we give our scanner for free. We charge for the service we provide. For the fitting service, we scan all your shoe last that you've got, all the models that you've got in stock, and then we provide the service for your customers. This is what we do. So our model is service model, subscription-based model. Mm-hmm. Why do you use four, I don't know, parts of this platform with such many sensors? Yes, because we scan the uh, fit from four angles. At the like same time. 3D model. Yeah, in order to create a 3D model, we either have to rotate you or the scanner or, 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 or the sensor around your fit. We decided to go a different way. So we decided to put four, four sensors on four sides and scan from different angles in order, in order to make it simpler in terms of, in terms of construction, in terms of... In terms of support and construction and further support of the scanner because if there is a mechanical part you will have to service the mechanical part we don't have any mechanical part in this country and why do you need these very inputs to design your model maybe different shoes have different characteristics and firstly you measure these characteristics inside each model I mean for example Nike and Adidas they probably have different Characteristics. This scanner is used to scan the fit. Yeah, I understand. And then you need to compare the inputs you get. Yeah, digital clone of the fit with the digital clone of the shoe. Yes. How do you get this digital model of the shoe? Digital lost. We call them digital lost. We or, dig, or fitting clone of the shoe. Uh, we get them using either digital input from the brand or using this sensor fit. Sensor fit is a robotic device which is used which is used to sensor the shoe insides. So with the help of this device we basically scan or sensor the shoe inside of, of any shoe. Yes. And could you describe it, the main parts? No, as I said, this is. It looks like a robotic shoe lost. Like a real leg, yeah. It no, not a leg. It looks like a robotic shoe lost, 
with the help of which we scan the shoe inside with the sensors. We put it inside in, 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 in inside of the shoe. Then we click the button on it, and it will send this information to the cellar. And on, on the basis of this information, we'll create a digital 3D shoe last. And then we'll compare the digital 3D fitting clone of the shoe with the fitting clone of the of the foot. Okay, I see you have something like web application or what is mobile application here in the screen. So we provide this application together with an iPad. So scanner is provided, iPad with an application is provided. All you have to do is to provide the shoe loss which will scan or will use as digital input. And then you being a sales assistant in a store will click a button, will scan your fit or someone or bias or shopper's fit and then will identify the best match footwear and will advise them like over there. So the idea is that customers don't use this program on their own, just shop assistants, okay, command some shoes, okay. Yeah, we we have a consumer application as well. We have a consumer application as well, but consumer application is going to be launched a bit later. We start with the in-store retail. Then there will be a transition. It's actually a transition right now from in-store, from offline to online. In order to start shopping online, you you've got to have this digital fitting clones otherwise you'll not be able to try on the shoes in order to have these digital fitting clones you have to scan your fit so in the store a shopper is scanning his fit using this app and then you can start shopping online so the procedure is the following as I said in future you're planning to have like personal applications for users and maybe any other plans well, yes, we're going to switch to mobile scanning as well. So right now, in order to scan your fit, you've got to go, you have to go to the store. But in the future, once the structured sensor are developed by, actually, are equipped, once the mobile phones are equipped with the structured sensors, then we'll be able to make an app using the same algorithm to scan your fit at home or anywhere. Yeah, it would be convenient. Yes, but right now... But right now, there are no... Actually, there are a few, like, from Lenovo and other... Maybe a couple of other brands. There are some mobile devices which have structured sensors built in. Built in. But right now, it's not widely spread. So, let's say once Apple introduces a structured sensor on board of their device, it will become mass in mass. It will become popular. Yeah, maybe are there any similar projects here in Russia? I don't think there is any similar in Russia. In Russia, maybe there is one in Europe, maybe one or two in Europe, one in Israel, maybe another one in, in the US or two. But none of them is covering the whole scope of of what we cover 
and none of them is simulating the usage what we do okay thank you for the interview you're very welcome And that's the end of today's episode. But don't despair, we've got plenty more where this one came from. Just visit us at robohop.org. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. IASP with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.